Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Zion, you had stuck with football and not done the basketball thing. Do you make believe you could have made it to the NFL as an NFL player? Yeah, I believe I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe I could. <laughs> I'm just a competitor. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hogwash. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Upon hearing that, uh, that sounded really bad when my dogs got in a fight. Yeah, that wasn't good, Ash. That 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 was almost as bad. Me saying hello, hello, hello. <laughs> the best part about me saying hello was you saying I was actually texting both of you, and you were getting my texts as you were screaming at me. Oh, yeah, are you there? <laughs> are, you are we on? Are you there? Are you there? Because you were texting us. <laughs> And apparently not reading the messages we were sending you to disconnect and reconnect. It's <laughs> oh, a beautiful thing. Radio from home. Oh, All right. right. So we we discussed the worst tweet in the history of the Raiders organization uh, at the start of the show. If you missed that, it'll be on the podcast, lvsportsnetwork.com. Hmm. Uh, but I did want to talk about uh, another Raiders topic that uh, not quite the hot topic that their tweet was yesterday. But Richie Incognito, he talked to Vic Tafer of The Athletic yesterday. And there's something he said that stuck out to me. It's, it's kind of been one of my questions the entire offseason. So the Raiders, obviously, they get rid of Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown on that offensive line. Andre James is now expecting to be the starter at center. They don't really have a right tackle. Uh, Denzel Good or John Simpson could be the starter at right guard. But here's what Richie Incognito said. The line is going to look different, but the scheme we run and with Coach Cable and Coach Gruden putting their offensive minds together, I think we will go out there and kick some ass. Now, obviously, Richie Incognito is going to be optimistic about his coaches and his other offensive linemen and think they're going to be good, or at least that's what he's going to say out loud. But what I've been curious is the Raiders last year had one of the most expensive offensive lines in the NFL. For the past, like, five seasons, they've had one of the most expensive offensive lines in the NFL. And I am curious, can the Raiders actually get good offensive line play due to the coaching and the scheme, and even I'll throw in Derek Carr, the quarterback, sort of managing around it, being able to you know, call plays where you get rid of the ball quickly, being able to run the ball yeah. through the right side or through the proper side where you think you have an advantage. Like, can you ba- basically, can you scheme and coach around a cheap or bad offensive line? We're going to find out if the Raiders can do that because if they can, they did a very good job blowing up an expensive offensive line to get production out of it. Well, I, exactly. And I guess it's all relative, right? Like you just gave three or four ways you can help a offensive line, which was not and probably won't be as good as it's had in recent years. Um, they obviously think and love Tom Cable and are you know impressed with what he's done in the past with offensive lines. And I'm sure they're hoping and thinking Tom Cable's enough to take guys uh, you know who are now new to this line and whoever they draft. Let's say they draft a right tackle at 16, or um, and and they bring a guy in that he's good enough to where they're not going to be as bad as 
like you said, everyone assumes because of Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, and Rodney Hudson being gone. Um, are they going to be as good as that last year? I don't know. I guess my question back is, do they need to be as good? Because if you can manipulate or scheme around it, and then you have you know these offensive players who continue to get better, it might not be as big a difference as people think. I'm not saying it won't be, but I don't, you know, with the Cable's success and again, like, you know, whether how you run or get the ball out and all these different things, you could probably get away with it. I mean, I don't know if you want to get away with stuff. You want to be good, but I, I don't think the world's ending until we see what they can do with this, right? I mean, you got to see, you got to see who they draft. You got to see who, where, you know, who's on the other, who's on the right side, because that's the spots they have to fill right now. It's more of a wait and see to me, but I'm not going to say they can't be good. Yeah, like they they legitimately you use the phrase get a, get away with it. They legitimately can get away with this. Yeah. If if they have an offense that is, you know, last year they were roughly 10th best by most, you know, metrics. Right. If they have basically the 10th best offense again, then it'll be fair to look back and say, yeah, they they got away with it. And sure. That's that's what I'm I'm curious to see if they can get away with it if they're good enough uh as a coaching staff to get away with it and basically prove, hey, we didn't need to spend that much money on the offensive line. We can spend that money elsewhere. Now, the problem is where they spent that money, though. Because when you blow up the – because let's assume they blow up the offensive line so they could have more money. And we have crashed again, ladies and gentlemen. So – let me try to reestablish a connection to Tyler and Ed while I panic a lot. Let's see if they are back. It says they're connecting. And Ed, Hey, what Ed, happened, Jared? We lost Ed. Did we get Ed back? We're working on getting Ed back. Uh, the, why, why does this, again, I, 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 it's, it's not you guys. Heard, it's, I, our, this wasn't you. Yeah, our, okay. the computer Tyler, here no, at the station no. crashed again. Man. Oh, okay. Well, that was We're fun. Back. Well, the last thing I heard was Tyler saying offensive line. So, but the, the key here is, okay, you blew up the offensive line to save some money. If the coaching staff is good enough, they can make that not a, a non-issue, right? The offensive right, line, right. Sure. it can still be fine. Yeah. But you, but you blow up the offensive line to save money and spend it other places. The problem with the Raiders offseason is where they spent that money. They gave Colton Miller an extension yeah. when they didn't need to. They gave Kenyon Drake money to be a backup running back when the they Joker, didn't need to. Joker, they signed the Joker. They didn't address, or they did sign Yannick Ngakwe, but outside of Ngakwe, they didn't really address some of their biggest needs, which is in the secondary. Instead, it's, oh, they brought back Carl Joseph. Oh, they signed uh, Rasul Douglas. Like, they signed bodies, but they didn't sign difference makers at some of their weakest positions. So even, I think you look at the roster right now, even if the offensive line is as good as it was last year, where did they improve on the rest of their roster? And Gakwe is pretty much the only answer to that question. Yeah, I I mean, I, I agreed with when we talked about Kenyon Drake and the money they spent on him. I'm kind of holding out there to see if they improve there because I think he could be really good. So I'm not saying I agree with giving him $11 million, the whole joker nonsense that we like to make fun of, but I think he's a good player and he might make a difference or even make what is a really good offense better. But you're right, for the most part, when you start breaking down where the offseason money has gone so far, and I will also say I believe there are more signings coming after the draft because at that point 
You know what your money is. You know who you drafted. You know where your positions you still need. There are still guys out there. I'll throw a name out there. I'm pretty sure he's still out there. Is Richard Sherman. And yeah. I think Richard Sherman gets signed after the draft. And I think after the draft, he and his he and his agent might be somewhat surprised at what the market at that point is going to be going to be available because you have to spend money on your rookies. You have to allot money for that. So Richard Sherman might be sitting here thinking, I'm worth this much. And after the draft, people say you're not worth that much. So there's still guys out there I think they can make runs at. But to this point, to your point, it's exactly right. They gave up or they earned money on the offensive line. And I guess they haven't yet spent it on places where it's like, okay, but what about free safety? Okay, but what about more help on the defensive line on the edge? I mean, where's that all coming from? And they just haven't answered those questions yet. I need to look up how much they don't have much cap space at the moment, right? Let's see. Over the cap says they have five point two million dollars. Well, and you gotta pay for your rookies, space. right? Yes, and they'll have to pay their rookies. I I think that's roughly a four million dollar if they if they use all their picks, I think that's roughly four million. So they after the draft, they won't have a lot of cap space unless they do something else to well, the roster. And let me so, ask you this, because I still think it's the wild card. Let's say in the sixth or seventh round, the Raiders pick so-and-so quarterback from wherever. And hello, Mariota. Uh, like, I, I still think that might be in play because of the money. Like, I don't know anything other than that. I'm just looking at spots where, like you just said, they have to free up some money because I can't believe they're done free agency-wise. And there are just certain spots you look at where you could clear up money pretty fast, right? I mean, there's not a lot of them where you're like, okay, move on from that guy and we're going to save a lot of money. I'll be very interested if late if they and if they do pick a quarterback late, then I think there's something involved with Mariota. I mean, I don't you don't pick one if Mariota and, and Peterman are your guys right now. Why waste a pick? You got to pick someone did where it, you need something. Oh, did it? Did it? Mariota get a no trade clause? Yeah, yeah, he got a no trade clause. But you know, if you say if it's a certain team that's saying, hey, you're going to come in and compete more than you are with Derek Carr, or you, we <laughs> we figured out we needed a bridge here, and you're going to yeah. play. Yeah, you hope he says, okay, I want to go play because at this point. I mean, look at last year. Derek Carr, you know, almost blows out his groin, not even getting hit. And, you know, everyone's saying, hey, start Mariota the next week, start him the next week. And who starts the next week? So <laughs> if I'm Marcus Mariota and someone in a trade comes and says, hey, you have this chance to start and play, I might have my no trade. But then I have to make a decision. Look, do I want to play anymore? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not a young guy. At some point, he's going to have to say, hey, I want to play again. I thought Ed was breaking news that in addition to a joker, we now had a wild card. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't get over. Don't get carried away, Jared. We can't be that much better than everyone else. Oh, a joker and a wild card. <laughs> oh, I, this this is going to be a hell of an offense. You think they'll be able to yes. score in the red zone? If you can put you the have, joker, uh, the joker and uh, the wild card in the backfield together, can they score in the red zone? If you have a joker, a wild card, bubble butts, and a Cindy Gruden screen uh, um, audible, <laughs> no one's stopping this team. <laughs> You know, by the way, the fun audibles like Cindy Gruden, we didn't hear much of those when the Raiders started losing a lot of games. That's true. That is true. They lost five of their last seven. That's true. Yeah, we didn't hear any of the fun audibles in those last seven games of the season or whatever it was. So maybe maybe they need to bring back this ridiculous audibles. Yeah. And that, that was the key to victory, was calling Cindy out Gruden. Cindy Gruden. Cindy Gruden, name. not John Gruden, yes. was the key yes. to victory. And there might be people on, to, on board with that. Tyler, Cindy <laughs> you will finally get this reference. Is losing fun? Then why are you well, having why fun? Would I, why would I get that? Oh, from from Moneyball. Yes, yes. yes. See that wasn't see that wasn't a great scene either. He what, just walked in the. Are... He just walked in the in the locker room, yelled at the players, and said, "You guys are dancing because you're losing, and that's bad. It was stupid. That wasn't a good scene. That would not have inspired anyone to play better." 
not at all. The general manager comes down and yells at you for dancing after a loss. Yeah, you're not being inspired Look, by that. You just hate the guy. You you know where you stand when one of the lines is, "I want my guys to get free soda." Like that you know, is that is true. If, yes. you, if you're at that point, then you know where the organization is at that point. It's David amazing Justice, as much as they do. <laughs> David Justice needed his free soda. That was the key to victory. Once 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 Billy Bean made the trade to acquire free soda. The yeah. A's turned it around. It that took was off. The yes, and since uh, then, every no one has had to pay for soda in the history of sports <laughs> again. All right, coming up next. All right, Ash. all right. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. You can also see pictures of Rocky at Sam and Ash Law on Twitter. Always want to get those. Rocky's on vacation. Sam and Ash Law.com at 702-820-1234. And here they are, Sam and Ash. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Yeah. Well, we're good. We're good. A lot of stuff happening in the sports world. Uh, Did something happen yesterday? Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's not been a quiet 24 hours. Um, <laughs> it's, but, it's quiet if hey. you stay off Twitter. That's true. Yeah, you don't don't go who would want to do uh, that? Who well, who 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 in the world would want to do that? It was embarrassing last week when Tyler and I didn't know this taught me how to look at my usage, and I looked at my usage Twitter and I said, "This is completely embarrassing. Why do I even have a phone? This is just." I I saw the number. I'm like, I I can't believe my life has been wasted like this. Wait, usage on Twitter? You can track that? Yes. Yeah, Tyler taught me how. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man. You can All right, see. Tyler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. Do, do don't you do want to do, do, do you want to feel bad about yourself? Yeah, actually. <laughs> it's only 9:20 oh. on a Wednesday. Bring yeah. it. If you have an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you go to settings and then screen time. And then once you select screen time, you can select see all activity and it will show you. You can do it by day or by week. It'll give you a little <sighs> graph and then it'll show you which apps you use the most. Oh wow! Um, okay. <laughs> wow! This this is the sad part. What is it? Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Yeah. Twitter right now has me at over seven hours. I'm at five. I'm at five thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that it's it's so embarrassing at this point that. What are you at, Ash? Wait for the day or the week? No, not no, the day. Not the day. It's for oh. the week. Oh, yeah, the week. two hours and four minutes oh, on Twitter. You're fine. You're a normal person. I'm human. You're fine. You're human. I've got a day job, oh, guys. God. Yeah, it's it's very it's wow. very sad. Okay, I know well, Sam. Sam well, and I great. we need some Sam and I we need some help. We need some help. Oh, Ed, help uh, me. I know. Well, help you. Well, you, you guys are all well, welcome. This, this you is are like, welcome. Yeah, we need we need uh, some kind of an addict program here for us. Okay. That's nice, good. Uh, all right. Uh, well, what can we do for you guys? Yeah, I'm. We're gonna start off because as I look through my office, I didn't know if you know this. We're doing the radio show from home because half the time I'm disconnected. Um, I'm looking through the office right now and looking at our Peloton bike. Not a treadmill. I go to the gym for those, but my Peloton bike, and I haven't fallen over it just yet. But sadly. Peloton, the famous uh, exercise machines of uh, bikes and treadmills, have had issues with their treadmill to where, one, a child uh, was dragged under it. The boy uh, uh, dragged, or the, he, he obviously fell off the uh, tre uh, treadmill and he was dragged under it. Um, thank goodness he, he was okay. Nothing tragic happened to him. So the Safety Commission has said that there's been 39 incidents with the treadmill. 
and not to use this, that there's potential risks to children. Peloton is not happy that these statements were made until they could have a full conversation. Um, so does it does a warning like that protect Peloton against further incidents? Like if, if, if there's warnings like, hey, we're telling you now, this has happened 39 times. You better watch it with our $4,000 machine. How is Peloton at all protected now if other kids start getting sucked under these things? They're not. Um, this okay. statement doesn't help protect them from liability. Right now, Peloton needs to, you know, go into damage control and figure out whether or not the product is inherently defective and didn't have sufficient warnings. Um, and then they also look at, can, is there a remedy to make it safer that doesn't ruin the way the product works? And here, it looks like the problem is, is the, the treadmill is exposed on the bottom. So at no point, um, so the treadmill is literally sucking things under it because that it never ceases to be covered. And so maybe that's the mm -hmm. easy solution. I would just put a little kid guard, you know, at the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> just a little attach, a little strip, you know, and I'm actually not joking. It's kind of, I think it's, um, it, it, I, yeah. and that's part of what this, what these cases are all about. It's not necessarily, okay, you've got a product that does a certain thing. Is that, is that product, you know, a dangerous product by the way treadmills are dangerous i mean they they are um and it's not just a problem unique to peloton but could there could the company have done something relatively inexpensive because this is a 4200 almost 4300 bike it's a very expensive bike so if they could have slapped on a 200 part and made this made this problem go away that kind of thing can make all the difference in presenting a case because then the company it really just comes down to saving some pennies some nickels and 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 costing costing lives um at what point of this like is it because the peloton was left on or because a kid turned it like I, i'm because it's not like a treadmill not on is gonna suck the kid underneath it like it has to be on to suck the kid under well, I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a great husband, so I bought my wife one of these. She really wanted it. And it's so easy to use that I even a kid could turn it on. I mean, that's part of the thing about it. I mean, I, I, when I, 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 don't, I don't use it because I'm out of shape. But, I, <laughs> but no, I look at the machine, and I think you can turn it on pretty easily. So okay. that's, that's, you actually raise a really good point. I mean, um, you know, if, if, because I think, and I'm looking at this picture of this kid pinned underneath it. As we're talking, this is very uncomfortable. I feel this is terrible. So the kid just yeah. got sucked underneath the tread, and yes, presumably that's because the the tread was was moving. Can and it's it's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys know. One of you guys know if there's been a lot of lawsuits towards Peloton for this. But uh, kind of offbeat question here: uh, <laughs> the kid is being. I mean, this is being replayed all over of this kid who you know. Again, we're all going to say great. You know, happy. Nothing seriously happened to this young child. But is there ever kind of a chance for him to come back ever in Sue Peloton? The kid? Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, he's actually the, the one who has the claim, is the holder of the, right. the main claim. And so, yeah, what do you do with an infant when you're presenting a claim? Right. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's, you know, and, and parents step in and you have to appoint basically one parent. Usually it's one of, one of, two, one of the parents is a guardian at litem uh, who's, who represents the child in the legal proceeding and and you present the case uh, and, and it, it's commonly done but when kids get hurt they get in car accidents they get 
uh, you know, they, they get eaten by Peloton machines. It, mm -hmm. it happens. And so that's, that's, there's a mechanism in the courts of how to do that. And then there's also, if, if the parents don't pursue the action on behalf of the kid, then there's usually in most states, there's an extended timeline for kids to pursue their claim after they turn 18. So, um, yeah, if this, if this minor, if this child's parents don't pursue Peloton, he likely will be able to sue them at a later date. That, yeah, I think that was my question. Like, I, and I don't know how later that is when he grows up. If if this is still out there, like showing him of this and showing a bad situation that happened with him, and you know, he said I was young then, but now I'm not. Like, I don't know if there's is there a statute on that, or can he always yeah. come back and say, hey, yeah, you ruined my life? This the way. statute starts when he turns starts ticking when when he turns eighteen. So Nevada, okay, if this happened, if this were to have happened in Nevada. Um, this would be two his he would have to file his lawsuit two years after he turns 18 but oh, okay. I wouldn't I don't recommend anybody wait that long because you know hell I mean Peloton could be out of business by then who knows right. so there's gonna be a new <laughs> new company that comes to suit so these things don't get you know they don't get better with time and even a car accident I mean an insurance company could go out of business and whatnot so chasing down people so you know just don't wait and 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 bring the case on behalf of your kid and put the money goes into a locked account and then uh your kid turns 18 and it's it's um it goes towards college or whatever last week um the uh nhp the highway patrol here tweeted out a picture of a driver <laughs> that they arrested or the car of a driver that they arrested for dui and the car was on a pedestrian bridge at the strip and <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the, I've, the legal side of this, one thing, how the car, do we know how the car got there? Have well, we you got to ask Ed yet? this. I See, mean. Now, I, I made it a point to tell all you people yesterday that that was not me. I was not parked up there on that, on that bridge, so it's not me. The, what this tells us is that no one is safe. I mean, you're, 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 you could be walking on an elevated pedestrian bridge. By the way, I think this is the bridge between the Wynn and the Encore. Yes. You go into the self-park parking garage at the Wynn. There's a little causeway that takes you over to the Encore side. And it's, you know, it's a, I, I parked there. I think a lot of locals park in that garage when they, when they go to the Wynn. So it, it could have been any of us on that bridge that got, I mean, of all the, I, mean, I guess when you, you, you pull up into the structure on level two, this person just turned right and went down the pedestrian thing. I love it. It's amazing. And I, I also, if you don't follow NHP's Twitter account, you should, because they're just, so, they're so entertaining. Make that nine hours, Ed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, exactly. I'm on it now. Uh, so there's no, good thing there's no injuries, but is there any action by winner? If, if I'm a visitor from out of town and, I'm walking down. I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird because this car and I feel in danger, whatever. I mean, and I, it might be going to a different level here of win and encore, but could they, could they, could there be any action or being sued by win or encore? It's like, hey, this is what you did. And you put our, our guests in, in danger here. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing about this is now, if this happens again, there would be a, a really good claim against the winner encore whoever owns that pedestrian bridge like you know there's a risk of vehicles ending up on this bridge and if someone gets hurt now they're going to be much more on the hook if they could have just put a bollard up to prevent any vehicle from getting there so they're going to put a right. bollard up yeah that's what the wind's going to do it's Look probably already there so it's going to be a motorcycle next time <laughs> but no sidecar or a scooter one of those no, uh, no sidecar it's uh, I, I okay the other part of this is the car itself it, 
it got a little ways down this pedestrian bridge before it stopped. Like, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated the person who was in the car when they realized, oh, I shouldn't be here. And it, it's like a mid-sized car. Can I point that out too? It's not a Fiat 500. I mean, this is, it's not a smart it's car. Snug. It's, it's snug on that bridge. It's snug, but it fit. Tyler, just uh, come out with me some weekend. I'll show you how it's done. Okay. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted the wife to buy me the SUV, but we got the smaller car instead, so it was able to get right up in there. Um, <laughs> lastly, with Sam and Ash, I want to ask you about this quickly because this has been almost sadly a daily occurrence headlines, whether it be on Twitter or also. Elderly Korean couple was attacked in a park in California. This same man, I guess, harassed Olympian Sakura Kokumai in terms of harassing uh, Asian uh you know, people of Asian descent and also attacking uh, two Asians. We're hearing about this every day now. I assume, depending on the type of attack, it goes from criminal to civil. He's homeless, supposedly, so I don't know where the settlement would even come or what the compensation could be like. But uh, take us through this. These are more and more now, sadly, every day where I guess law enforcement's going to have to deal with this either criminally or, or it's going to go to a civil case where, you know, Asian Americans or Asian are being attacked. This happened in the city where Ashley and I went to law school. This was happened in Orange, California. We both went to Chapman, uh, and so we know the we know the place well. Um, I, you know, it, it's obviously sad, and I, I, I suspect maybe there's some mental health issues here too with the perpetrator. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the tricky thing, obviously, in presenting a claim, maybe yeah, you've got of course you've got a claim. I mean, it was a, an, an assault and a battery. Uh, not, you know, not, it's not just the words. It's what, you know, they, I mean, this was a, this was a violent attack. Uh, the question is collectability, you know, in, in a case like this, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How you collect again. I mean, if this person who, who did this has any assets, probably not if he's homeless. Um, right, right. So that, that becomes a challenge. And, and, you know, we, we always look at all these, all these cases, whenever there's a battery case and we, we look at it and we, we've, we do some, you know, background checks into the person and see if there's anything to go after. But uh, you know, you can go to court and you can go all the way and get a get a verdict and get an award. But it's um it's really a pyrrhic victory uh, if you don't have any any anything to collect. So you guys are driving around that roundabout in downtown Orange that I love so much. Is that where you're hanging out? Yeah, the Orange Circle. Great, you know where yeah, you're. Yeah, were you the, the guy that almost hit us that one time? Now, well. <laughs> Follow them on Twitter at Sam and Ash Law. Uh, they are the best personal injury attorneys in town. You can't do better. 702-820-1234, SamandAshLaw.com. Best there is. Uh, on that note, we'll thank you and send you on to Clay Baker. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Thanks, Love Great you. time. See you guys. Take care. Uh, I love the orange circle there in Orange, California. Beautiful place. Uh, it's finally not self-incriminating. <laughs> yeah, you've wow. learned. You've learned. How do you have learned? How do you end up on the pedestrian bridge? I am. Uh, I don't know. I. I mean, it's. Just, I, there's some crazy people in this town. I mean, okay. So I might. We have several different experts on this show. Ed is obviously bad driving expert, but I'm the bad decision making expert. And I have honestly like had that pop into my head of like, I bet I could fit my car in there. You you thought about it? No, like I, I was never gonna do it, but like my reptile brain went. I bet you could drive a car there. Did you? Okay. Sometimes there was a video. I think it was in Atlanta. A girl was on a motorized scooter driving down the highway, and 
she a news station like pulled her over to ask her what she was doing and her response was Google Maps said to turn and I turned and found my way on the interstate I'm trying to get off wow <laughs> I Tyler I I can't rip her dude I can't go to the I can't I can't find the gym without Google Maps <laughs> like I can't I cannot His find gym. anything anything without uh, hitting my little maps typing in the address and then putting it clicking the phone in the the radio on the car so it, I hear the voice and I always used to do the Australian voice just for kicks and then it, it takes me where I'm going no oh, I do a New Zealand lady she's really, really nice okay yeah I just that's if I don't have that no chance I'm lost no chance <laughs> okay <Zero>. coming up <laughs> next Bischoff's breeze takes a look at Cody glass Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. Today, Bischoff's Briefs is stealing. We are stealing from Sinbin because... Sinbin wrote a very interesting story, a story that's right up my alley as far as Bischoff's briefs go, about Cody Glass. Because Cody Glass was a top 10 pick in the NHL draft. He was the first draft pick that the Golden Knights made. But Cody Glass has now played in the AHL in three different seasons. And so what they did over at Sinbin is they went and looked at the one, at the last, or not, I shouldn't say last, but the 100 top 10 draft picks before Cody Glass. So the 10 years before Cody Glass was picked, they went back and looked at all the top 10 guys in the NHL to basically try to find out, hey, how often do these guys go to the AHL three different seasons? And the answer is not many. Of those 100, only 17 of them played in the AHL in three different seasons. And what's even worse for Cody Glass's outlook for the Golden Knights is that 12 of those 17 were traded within five years of their professional debut, which Cody Glass is in his third year of his professional debut. So historically speaking, Cody Glass's path right now, Cody Glass's track to being a good NHL player there are not many players that have done it. There are a handful of those 17, like Braden Shen is one of the examples, that have gone on to be good NHL players, but there's only a few. And most of the ones that have gone on to be decent were traded before they ended up being decent. So what history says here is that Cody Glass is not actually going to turn into a very good NHL player, and if he does, it's not going to be for the Golden Knights. So... Bischoff's Briefs today has a question for you, Ed. How long do we wait on Cody Glass before we consider him a bust or, at the very least, underwhelming as a top 10 overall pick? All right. I'm going to say, going to the, my, my uh, glass here in terms of uh, looking towards the future and give out grades and all that, if he's not the third-line center starting next year, I think it was a huge miss. Fail. <laughs> no, it's more incomplete. Incomplete. <laughs> Asterisk. I will say next year 
he has to be the third line center for you to look back and say, okay. And, and by the way, the third line center who actually sticks, not the third line center, yes. you know, going yes. up and down. I mean, I'm saying the full-time third line center, if he's not that next year, then I seriously think you can say this was a, and by the way, it wouldn't be a miss. It'd be a huge miss. This is the first, first kid they ever picked in the history of the franchise six overall. It won't just be a miss whether they move on from him. Like you said, the examples you said, guys were like traded. Um, and here's the thing. Let's say they trade him and they get back what people consider value. It still means he was a huge miss. You oh, can't yeah. pick a guy that you can't right. pick a guy in the top ten. I don't care what you get back from him. If you can't pick him in the top ten and move on from him before four or five years and not say he was a big miss. So I'll wait one more year, but um yeah, I mean it's if they ever traded him, then they missed on him. Because you don't so want, I, you, you you would hope your sixth pick overall actually was one day really good for you. So your your uh, assessment of next season third line center is I'm I'm glad that's the bar you went with because if we go back in time to before this season started the conversation around Cody Glass was that Cody Glass was going to have an opportunity was that Cody Glass was going to have a chance to prove he was a legitimate NHL center the quote from Pete DeBoer during the preseason was even that. Cody Glass will have a chance to play with some really good players. And right. I remember I remember talking on this show that does that mean Cody Glass is the, is the center with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty? Like, does that mean they're going to move Chandler Stevenson down to the third line and Cody Glass is going to get a chance to play with Stone and Pacioretty for the entire season? And that was never the case. Uh, Cody Glass got right. to play on the third line. He got to play with Alex Tuck, who's had a good season and is very good. But Cody Glass never really got that chance to play on the second line for an extended period of time. And he honestly hasn't gotten that chance to play on the third line for at least recently for an extended period of time. And so it's gotten to a point where I think you have to question how good Cody Glass is going to be. And it's looking very, very unlikely that he will ever be a top line or second line center on a good team. And it's looking more like his ceiling is He'd be the number three center on a good team. He'd be the number two center on a bad team, right? It's looking like yep. that's where – and that's where his ceiling is, right? When you draft a guy sixth overall, you're kind of hoping that's what his floor is. But that's looking more and more likely where his ceiling is. And to me, the thing that's most telling is right now Cody Glass is not with the team. And right. technically the reason is the salary cap because he's got – it's confusing – Puckpedia explained it, but because yep. he's got certain bonuses, his salary cap hit is actually more like 1.6 million instead of 800,000 or something stupid like that. So the technical reason he's not with the team right now is the salary cap. But this is an organization that in the offseason traded away Nate Schmidt and Paul Stasny because they had to have Alex Petrangelo in the lineup. This is an organization right. that decided to play with five defensemen early in the year because they didn't want to lose Keegan Colasar to waivers. Right. This is an organization that if you're good enough, they are going to find a way to put you in the lineup. And if, yes. they thought, if they thought Cody Glass was going to make a difference, if they thought Cody Glass was going to help them win the uh, Honda West and win a Stanley Cup, Cody Glass would not be in the AHL regardless of his salary cap. Cody Glass would be on the Golden Knights regardless of what his cap hit is. And that, to me, is the biggest telling point here is the Golden right. Knights have deemed that he's expendable. 
they don't need Cody Glass to win. They've determined that guy, eh, okay, he's nice, he's fine, but we don't need him to win, so we're going to send him to the AHL and go on with our roster. Are you worried that you thought we got overtaken by a swarm of ice at my house? Yeah, did a bunch because, of plates just fall? Well, no, no. Uh, it appears uh, my son believes there should be more ice for Summerlin in his cup than uh, uh, just a little ice, so uh, as I'm getting the look from him now. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think it, I, I, I agree with all your points, and I'll go back to my original one. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, like you, like I've known everything about you know, every analytics on him or his stats on him, he has had some injuries. I just think there comes a point in time, uh, whatever that time might be, I, I guess it's subjective based on who you're talking about, you and I and Sinbin and whoever, we might all have different answers, that there comes a point in time when you were the sixth pick overall and the first pick in the history of a franchise at a position, by the way, especially on the bottom six that they've, you know, you know, the first three or four years they've looked for for the make their bottom six better, that you can't be on this team making a difference now. So, like I said, I it's subjective. I'll give him till next year. But if you go through another year, what would that be next year? Like year five? I mean, let's just take kind of a rookie yeah. contract in the NFL. By year five, if you are not making an impact, even on the bottom six, because they're really good at the top lines, obviously, they're a great, they're a really good team, then I think it's a it's a fair assessment from the outside looking in that you missed on the kid. You missed yeah, on him. Absolutely. Sorry. I saw I saw a tweet yesterday that made me think of Cody Glass, and it was on this day. The Houston Texans made David Carr the first ever selection in franchise history. And I was like, oh, don't want to be the first pick of an expansion right, team. Right. That doesn't always oh, no, go over no. very well. No. No. <laughs> All right. No. I mean, All that's, right. that's a bad place to be in if, in fact, you're not great. We have a haircut to give away. Floyd's 99 cut and color. The winner will get a haircut, hot lather, neck, uh, neck shave, shoulder massage, plus a free massage shampoo. It's a $29 value. Yours free at Floyd's 99 cut and color. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 if you want a free haircut from Floyd's 99 cuts and color. Get minutes in this program and, you know, to make a nice college cheer for you. This is what we see. Is there a murder going on? That was awesome. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. I hate that so much because it's such great sound, but it just reminds me how terrible of a dog parent I was yesterday. Yeah, it was not good. I don't know what you're doing over there. That house, those dogs are going crazy. We they just, were. We just, um, if ours, if ours bark, I just start shoving treats in its mouth, and so it's a you know just uh, my just, my just give your dog really bad treats that are bad for it, but that'll keep it quiet during the show. My girlfriend normally feeds our dogs in the morning while I do the show, but she wasn't feeling well, so I was trying to do it. And while we're doing the show, they're eating, and then they decided to fight each other because, I don't know, one of them probably was licking the other one's bowl or something stupid like that. And it is it is unbelievably great sound, but it also makes me realize, man, I screwed up. Yeah. I mean, the best part is Ed just going, that was awesome! <laughs> Well, I mean, I just envision them like, you know, staring off, like, you know, a stare down there and just going at each other. I mean, it I'll say this. It sounds a lot worse than it than it actually is, because 
I have a French Bulldog and a Shih Tzu, and the French Bulldog doesn't actually do anything. He just sort of right. stands there and like will kind of like shove back or try to like pin her down. It's the Shih Tzu yeah. that's going absolutely nuts, making all the noise there. And yeah, God, I it's it's I hate it, but it's such great sound. We have to play it every single day for the rest of time. Just play it every day, even even when we're back in the studio. So people think we have dogs in the studio, like fighting each other. <laughs> like, Did you guys bring your dogs to work today? Yeah, they're in here. Just play it in the background <laughs> just, randomly. Just play it in the background, like people think. God, they got a bunch of dogs in that studio. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, again, we do have an open dog policy. Well, wait, uh, we do. Probably not. Probably not yeah. to fight though. No. Let me ask you guys this. Tweeted it out. Uh, your thoughts here. This is interesting. So George Floyd's brother, who. Thelonious, who Mark Davis said that he heard what he said, so that's where the tweet came from. According to TMZ, uh, Thelonious had a message for the Raiders. He's not offended by it. In fact, uh, he he is not. He said that he has not heard any negative thoughts. It appears Thelonious isn't on Twitter, but uh, he says he did not believe <laughs> the message. The message was intended to be negative. In fact, Thelonious says he agrees with the post, explaining how the world can finally take a breath now that the man who killed his brother has been convicted and will be held accountable. That is from TMZ. So. I don't think Twitter will change its mind. I just texted someone uh, who's texted me about it that the Twitter universe has its own opinions on things, and this won't back them off. That the brother has said I'm not offended at all. I sort of agree with it. What's your point? What, what's your view on it? Yeah, I mean, just because George Floyd's brother isn't offended by it doesn't mean other people can't be offended. No, by it no, because, no, that's true. No, of course. Yeah, because yeah. the unfortunate part of the whole the the bigger picture of this whole conversation is that george floyd is not the only one and that there are a group of people in this country black people in this country that feel threatened by police and the phrase i can breathe was used as a way to mock people that had been choked by police so it's it's good uh, in terms of the relationship for the Raiders and George Floyd and or George Floyd's family. Like it, it's good in that sense that they like if they come out and say it's un it's unbelievable what the Raiders did, that makes this situation entirely worse. But it sure. doesn't it doesn't vindicate Mark Davis and the Raiders because other people have dealt with this. Other people have feelings, personal feelings about this. And to tweet out that message is it's still something that's going to hurt people, which even if it's not your intention, even if George Floyd brother doesn't say it, it hurt him or offended him, it can still have that impact on other people. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you in that it's not going to go away. And uh, I don't know the percentage of this would change your mind. And you're right. Everyone has definitely their uh, their right to their opinion. And if Filoni's right, as Floyd says this, I don't know if it'll change many people's minds. Just delete the tweet.